me to love me. Amen. Let's start now. Let's, uh, uh, we've already had prayer. We've already had praise. Uh, Luke chapter 22. Luke chapter 22, beginning at verse 31. Luke chapter 22, beginning at verse 31. As a matter of fact, I'll be reading from verse 31 to verse 34, the New Living Translation. Luke chapter 22, when you get there, somebody say amen. Verse 31, Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift each of I think I'm going to need that. I might need. I'm in and out here. But I have pleaded, verse 32, I have pleaded in prayer for you, Simon, that your faith should not fail. So when you have repented, don't miss that. When you have repented and turned to me again, strengthen your brothers and for that matter, sisters. Peter said, Lord, I'm ready to go to prison with you and even to die with you. But Jesus said, Peter, let me tell you something. Before the rooster crows tomorrow morning, you will deny three times that you even know me. I want to talk around the thought, the subject, failure is not final. Failure is not final. Notice in verse 31, Jesus calls out, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan has asked, some translation says, he's demanded to sift each of you as wheat. The devil wants a piece of every one of us. From the pulpit to the door, sailing to the, y'all better act like you know if you don't. He wants a piece of you and me. If you say you're going to serve the Lord and you're going through, why are you shocked that you catch in hell? Amen. If you're really out there trying to serve the Lord and you've got a meaningful ministry, why do you think that you're going to get away unscathed? I don't know who God is talking to this morning. Somebody keeps saying, like, I keep getting beat up, beat down. God says, take a ticket. And stand in line. I heard the preacher saying one of the things that God taught him, don't give up. Because that's what the, the devil wants to beat you into submission. Yeah. Notice the word you. Y-O-U in both places is plural. In other words, Jesus is not just addressing Peter alone or excluding the others. But he's talking to Peter, who represents the 12 apostles. In other words, he's referring to all of them. All of the apostles are under threat. Every one of us in here that is serious about serving the Lord is under threat. Hello, somebody. Any serious folk, I, I'm serious, I don't always act like it, but any serious, anybody serious about serving the Lord, you're under threat. You're under attack. Stop acting like, why, woe with me. I'll tell you what the devil wants to do. He wants you to ease up. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, stop praying so much. Yeah. Stop serving in ministry like that. Don't be so intense in that, and I'll back off. He wants to neutralize. You'll hear this again. Notice the Bible talks about, we just read it, a sifting process. 
the sifting process. Uh, in other words, a grain would be put into a sieve or wire or mesh strainer where the head of the grain was taken apart or through which soft materials may be forced into fine particles. It's like when you do, y'all got a strainer? You want to get out certain impurities. Amen, somebody. You shift and sift. That's what the enemy wants to do. He wants to sift you and me. He wants to shake the devil. He wants to shake you almost to death. Imagine somebody grabbing you by the collar and shaking you. He was trying to ruin Peter and the apostles, and he wanted to leave them in pieces. Imagine him asking the Lord, Lord, I want to I want, I want to get at Peter and the rest of them. But particularly Peter, he's the spokesman. You want to stand out there loud and clear? Come on, it's good to be the leader, but the leader's going to get more harassment. Come on, somebody. When you take the lead, in, any leaders in there, I think everybody here leads some kind of way. The, the, the enemy wants you first. He wants to take you out. Because you got folk that are watching you. Your children are watching you. They want to see how a leader, come on somebody. Failure is not final somebody. So when Jesus told Peter of the enemy's intention to sift him as wheat, guess what? Peter sincerely believed the promise he made to Jesus in Mark chapter 14, 29, when he said, even though all others may fall away, I will not. Somebody in here needs to know, don't never say never. Hello, somebody. Don't ever say what you never going to do. Say what I hope I won't do. I wish I knew somebody. Don't say I'll never do this. I'll never do that. Come on. All of us have weak moments. Am I right about it? Peter seemed to be saying if everybody else quits on you, if everybody else abandons you, I won't. No, Peter, you mean well, but your faith can waver just like everybody else. Am I right about it? But we thank God for a forgiving Savior. Am I right about it? <laughs> Mark chapter 14, 30, I said Jesus was giving Peter a warning. He says, I'll tell you the truth, Peter, this very night before the rooster crows twice, thrice, three times, you will deny that you even know me. Think about that. Y'all looking at me. I never, you, you, sometime now, they say, what you do on Sunday? Well, I was chilling. You went to church. Why'd you leave out that? Well, I mean, no, no, no. You denying your association. You don't want people to know that you have fervent enough uh, in your spirit to, to, to ease out. Is chilling. And the thing about it, so many people use Sunday to chill. You didn't chill Saturday. You didn't see chill Saturday night. You didn't chill Friday, Friday night. But somehow we want to uh, chill on Sunday morning. And we only in here for an hour. One hour you can't give God. I tell you, the enemy wants you to feel extra, extra soft, extra tired. And I know there's some legitimate tire. Don't get me wrong. If the shoe don't fit, don't wear it. But there's some folk, don't you know, just when you get ready to go to church or thinking about it, something else come up. But if you wasn't going to church, it wouldn't come up. Think about it. It's a setup. Don't overstate your loyalty 
And don't be overly critical of people who or faith waivers either. But instead be ready to help somebody to be restored to their faith and trust in Jesus. Amen, somebody. I don't know how many coming to church and I'm the preacher. Let me have that. Is this on? I don't know how many times I've said that I don't feel or I didn't say I haven't felt like coming. Amen, somebody. Anybody other than me, I'm, maybe this one, you didn't feel like coming? I didn't feel like coming this morning. <laughs> it seems like when I got to go to church, I, I, my leg hurts more. My head hurts, you know. <laughs> I, I, I just don't have the energy. But as soon as you <laughs> pass the hours of church hours, if I can use that, all of a sudden you get energized. You want to go eat? You want to go do something else? Don't you see what the enemy, he wants to sift you. I said failure is not final because some of us succumb to what his snares and tactics are. Some of us give way. And the best way to deal with that is first of all acknowledge Lord I'm guilty. Acknowledge yeah Lord I let him get to me one more time. One more time. Remember that the devil knows a few things about the power of fear. I'm going somewhere. He realized that Peter would be wounded conviction we call it by his own disloyalty. And when Satan sifts believers, his goal, listen, is to damage our faith so much that we become almost useless to God. He wants to damage your faith, your testimony. Amen. So much. He wants to put us out of action, to shut us down, to neutralize our effectiveness for use in building of the Lord's kingdom. Don't you know God wants to use you and me all the time? My wife is a witness. I was in uh, the doctor's office um, Tuesday past, and I met so many folk in there, saved folk. Some folk have said they stopped going to church for whatever reason. Amen, somebody. I met one person that just said that, you know, she's looking for another church. But they said, you a pastor? Yeah. And they wanted to hear some things from me. And then they talked to my wife. You never know who you're around. They were, they were encouraged by our testimony. They were encouraged that even though I was going for surgery, I still had a testimony about the goodness of the Lord. I said, people need to know that regardless of what you're going through, you're never going to give up serving God. I said, Paul had a rude awakening in Romans chapter 7, and he got so frustrated with himself. But I'll tell you, sometimes we drop the ball. The thing I said I wasn't going to do, we do it anyhow. Have done it. It's not going to be the last time. Oh, we don't plan to fail, but failure is a part of our living. Hello, somebody. But you learn, hopefully, from your mistakes. Paul said, Verse 24, Romans 7, O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? Verse 25, I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then with the mind, 
I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin. Sometimes we depend too much on our own strengths to a fault. You know, strengths is good. Everybody under the sound of my voice, pulpit to the door, we have strengths and we have weaknesses. Am I right about it? We got strengths and we got weaknesses. And the enemy will try to get you to rely on your strength more than you rely on God. Yes, he will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's an accuser. He'll set you up to fail and then go tell God the truth. You know he's a liar, but he'll tell the truth. He'll snitch on you. Spiritual snitch. Yeah, I know Pastor Pointing got there praying, but you, you, you know what he did? He did that to Job. He wants to, he wants to, he wants to get us to mess up and then tell God that you messed up as if God didn't already know. Satan is just not an accuser, but when we sin, he's standing there to condemn us and to justify his accusation. He wants to take your faith and mine apart. And notice this as I hasten on him. In verse 31 of our text, we read it together. Notice that Jesus doesn't call him by the name Peter. He calls Simon, Simon. That's significant. I know y'all went by that. I said, I thought we were talking about Peter. Why is he calling him Simon? See, the fact that Jesus does not call him by the name that he gave him, which was Peter, which means rock. Rather, Jesus goes back to his birth name, Simon. In other words, Jesus is saying, you are not going to be a rock, Peter, at this time. You're going to be weak, so I'm not going to call you Peter. Because Peter is a rock. Right now, the enemy is going to sift you. So I'm calling you Simon, Simon. Can't call you Peter the rock. Not today, maybe tomorrow. But right now, you're not a rock. I don't know who God is talking. Right now, you've given up. You've given way. Right now, you're not a rock. You're not standing strong. The devil wants to shake you like never before. He wants to shake you and me into a state of instability, ineffectiveness, feeling powerless with no initiative. He wants to take your initiative. I said Satan is real and his power is great, but not greater than our God. <laughs> he got power, but our God, Jehovah, Yahweh, which means I am that I am or I am the one who is, is greater. Do you ever feel anybody like the devil is trying to take your faith, steal? Anybody in here ever feel, other than me, you ever feel that he's just coming extra hard? Think about it. It must be something you're doing or something that potential that will, will give God more glory. That's why he's pounding. You're under attack. But guess what? Trouble won't last. Always. I wish somebody would hear God. He's trying to help somebody. Trouble ain't going to last always. You say a, a, a day or two, a week. Uh, uh, no, God wants to do something in the midst of our going through. Paul said in Ephesians 6, around verse 16, that the evil one, listen, he's shooting flaming arrows at you and me. Uh, but I like what <laughs> Jesus said. I prayed for you, Peter. I, I prayed 
for you, brother and sister. I, I don't know what you're going through, but somebody other than me is going through something in here right this morning. Somebody out there. You're trying to uh, 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 hide whatever it is you're going through by doing some other things that are fun things. But underneath the skin, underneath the skin, you're living in quiet desperation. And Jesus said, I have prayed for you. Uh, prayed for you. I like that song. Somebody prayed for me. It had me on their mind took the time to pray for me oh i'm so glad they prayed i'm so glad they prayed i'm so glad they prayed for me and you give god some praise anybody glad <laughs> i prayed for you this morning i hope somebody was praying for me uh, when you don't see me standing in the pulpit next week Pray for the person, man or woman, in the pulpit preaching, but pray for your pastor too. Pray for me. Amen, somebody. Uh, notice also, I'm going to teach and then I'm going to preach and holler and get out of here. Notice that Jesus does not pray because I know somebody said, why don't he just pray that Satan can't get to me? You know, Lord, why, why you want you to see? You notice Jesus didn't pray that Peter would not sin in that moment. Jesus already knew that Peter was going to deny him three times. Yeah, yeah. So, so the issue at hand is not simply the sin, but what will you do after? What will you do after you mess up somebody? God already knows you're going to sin. He already knows George Pointer going to do something he said he wasn't going to do. He already knows I'm going to get angry and cuss somebody out. He already knows. So he said, after you mess up, after you mess up, dog, what you gonna do with it? You gonna hold on to it or you gonna repent? Ah, God knows everybody falls short. He knows everybody is gonna let him down sometime. And the question is not if you're gonna sin, but it's what you're gonna do after you sin. Am I right about it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know who God is talking to, but everything has purpose. See, it's easy to want to quit because of our shortcomings. It's easy to want to give up because you didn't sin. You know, you had five fingers and you went to ten plus more. No, you got to keep on keeping on. We can never be good enough because the enemy will say, see, those other folk are good enough, but you're not. That's why you keep messing up. He a he's a liar. How many of us know the devil's a liar? The Bible says he's a liar. He'll make you think. After he puts his deposits, his thoughts in your brain, make you think that's you, but he's a liar. And anything that calls you to think about defeat or that God has given up is a, up on you is a lie from the pit of hell. If he tells you God is walking away from you because you sinned one too many, tell him, devil, you're a liar. Because the Bible says if I confess my sin, God is faithful and just to forgive me for my sin and to cleanse me from all unrighteousness. Now, that's not, listen, a badge of honor to keep on sinning because there's consequences. But you can't tell me God ain't going to forgive me. Uh, 
But he says the rest of verse 32. So when you sin, not if, but when you have repented, uh, when you understand and stop making excuses for doing what you do, when you've repented, go and strengthen your brothers and sisters. Hello, somebody. Somebody's not in church today because they messed up last night. Y'all ain't going to help me. Somebody has not been in church because they made one too many bad decisions. And uh, the enemy wants folk to come to church and wants other folk to talk about them. That's not your business in mind to talk about why people ain't here. Thank God that they're back and, and welcome him with a flavor of love. The word turn is speaking about repentance. And James chapter 5 verse 19 says, my brothers, if anyone... The ESV translation. If anyone among you wanders from the truth and someone brings him back, let him know that whoever brings back a sinner from his wandering will save his soul from death and will cover a multitude of sins. I'm talking about failure is not final. How do you handle failure? past and present. In other words, how you handle your failure can make the difference or mean the difference between victory or defeat. From bitterness to joy. Just because you messed up today doesn't mean you're going to mess up tomorrow somebody. Just because you made several mistakes in the past or even on your way here, you weren't thinking straight. God says, I've got a word just for you. You might have come in here thinking one way. <laughs> but when you leave out of here, you came in incomplete. But I want to make you whole. So when you leave out of here, it'll be for the better. Am I right about it? Uh, everybody knows that we can mess up. But Paul reminds us. That we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. I said Peter had some slow leaks. Yeah, he had some slow leaks in his spiritual life like you and I do. You ever see a tire is not fully air? And it looks okay, but after a few more treads and rides, it starts getting lower. And you can start seeing it needs air in it. Some of us are like that in your spiritual life. If you stop praying, and if you stop reading the word, and you stop coming to church, that leak will start showing more and more. And after a while, you want to give up and say, I don't need to go to church and I can pray all by myself. Well, that's the problem. When you're by yourself, you don't pray like you ought to. When you're by yourself, you don't read the word like you ought to. When you're by yourself, you don't have the support that you need. And the devil's trying to sift you as we. Uh, Peter said, Lord, I'm ready to go to prison with you and even to die with you. That's the same one later on. Say, I don't even know the man. Stop talking about 
boasting what you're going to do. I'm hastening to a close, but notice two words in this text that I want to pull out. Adversary and advocate. Adversary and advocate. I said we have an adversary. Satan is, first of all, our adversary. He's your enemy and my enemy. And he's determined to take us out. And sifting is one of his strategies to take us out. I said Satan wants to shake us to pieces. He wants to turn us upside down. They got something called shaken baby syndrome. That can happen and is a serious form of abuse inflicted upon a child. The baby keeps crying and oftentimes when I've heard it sad to say it's usually not the mother, sometimes it is, but the boyfriend. That ain't his child, his daughter, and he can't stand the crying. And you left that person to babysit your baby. You better stop distrusting your children with anybody because he's your boo. Boo ain't all that. The baby's crying and crying, and he shakes the baby almost lifeless. You want to be careful. Because shaking can rattle your brain. But it's not just for children. He can grab an adult and shake the life out of you if you allow him somebody. Shaking will mess your brain up. Pull it out of place. I said the devil is our adversary. Am I right about it? And why did Jesus allow the adversary to attack Peter? Didn't he refuse? Why didn't he refuse to let to allow the devil to get to Peter? Well, Jesus always has a reason. And Peter had to learn or understand what it means to experience. Y'all want to get this? Grace under fire. Grace under fire. Some of us serve the Lord and you don't have no pressure and you think you got it going on. But you need to understand, your faith is tested under fire. Uh, I heard a story of an airline pilot named Jason Jones. And he was piloting a, a Boeing 737 from Cape Town to Johannesburg when it experienced some technical difficulty a few seconds after takeoff. And what happened? The engine, one of the engines fell out. The pilot, Jason Jones, relied on his training at flight school. When your engine starts failing, there's certain things you need to do. But it's not just the engine that was gone. That would have been one thing. But the story goes on to say, the aircraft lost most of its hydraulics. In other words, the brakes and steering were non-existent. But that's not all. The whole incident took place in stormy weather with dangerous, strong, 
crosswinds. Did y'all hear me? The engine's gone. Now he got to land the thing and the brakes is messed up. Not only that, the winds is shifting. I know y'all don't want to be on that plane. Shifting all over. But the story says the pilot, Jason Jones, maintained his composure. He remembered his training and he relied on his instincts. And he successfully landed the Boeing jet without any injuries. The story goes on to say that after that, many people refused to fly with that airline again because of so much trauma. But one customer said, wait a minute, I booked my next flight on that airline and I found out that the pilot was gonna be Jason Jones. He said, that's the only thing I'm concerned about the pilot. And the pilot, Jason Jones, brought us through that tragic situation before. He said, I trust him. I know for a fact that I can trust the pilot, Jason Jones, because he's skilled and he's proven that he can pull me out of danger, seen and unseen. Well, I'm asking, who's your pilot this morning? Yeah, who's your pilot this morning? When life throws you a bad curve and your engine falls out, you hit rock bottom. You don't know what you're going to do. How you going to get out of this situation? You're catching hell all over from the left and from the right. You can't even sleep at night. You say, Lord, when is it going to end? But you got a pilot who navigates through all of that murky stuff. I don't know about you. It may not come today. It may not come tomorrow. But be encouraged. Weeping may endure for a night. But joy, 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 joy is coming in the morning. Am I right about it? Whoa. I don't know about you. I'm trying to close. But the, you need to understand God's got this. First Peter 1, 6 says, in, that, in this you rejoice, though for now, for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials. So that, listen, that the tested genuineness of your faith. Wait a minute, God, you mean to tell me you tested my faith? You tested, I told you, faith that can't be tested, can't be trusted. Am I right about it? God says, I'm testing your faith. Our life trials have purpose. They prove, they purify, and they offer praise. Yeah, your trials prove whether or not you're strong as you think you are. Am I right about it? Some of us act strong. But at home, ask somebody else. Or outside of the church, you're weak. And God says, I got to use the trials to build your strength up, to give you spiritual malt or muscles. Am I right about it? Genuine faith will, listen, hold up under pressure. Am I right about it? Trials result in your faith being proven, but trials result in your faith being purified. Am I right about it? See, the fire not only proves its genuineness, but it actually, come on, it, it, it makes it pure as the dross is removed. God wants to get off that other stuff. He wants you to drop off people, places, and things. God says, I got to let you go through this test 
but you're going to come out and you're going to be stronger for it. Am I right about it? I'm trying to get out of here, but trials result in your faith being praised. I hear somebody say, wait a minute. I don't want no faith to be praised. I'm going to give all faith, or glory, and honor to God. But there's sometimes when God will give you faith or praise. Come on. The Bema Seat talks about it. When you go to get reward, God will say, well done. Come on, somebody. God's saying it. He's saying, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over little. I will set you over much in into the joy of your master. See, the servant wasn't robbing the master of praise. He was getting praise from the master. We don't work to get him to say, okay, good, but we do it because we save. And God says, I love a faithful man or woman. I love somebody that can take a licking and keep on running with it uh, 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 and keep on ticking. I love a man or woman that just doesn't talk faith, but walks faith, that acts faith that lives faith. God said, that's my man or woman. I love somebody and I'm the pastor here. I got a man or woman uh, in this church that'll pick up the slack. I don't have to tell everybody what to do. You already know what to do. Stop looking for me to tell you that you ought to be here. You know we need you here. Yo, God says, I'm going to test your faith. Well, 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 well. You need to know that we have an adversary. But we have an advocate. Jesus said in verse 32, but I have prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail. It means when Satan goes after everybody, you seem to be the bullseye because you're the leader. And he wants you to destroy your faith, my brother or sister. But Jesus said, and somebody needs to know that prayers are powerful. Our prayers make a difference, but imagine Jesus praying for you. Satan is on a short lease, leash, and he can't do but so much. And sometime when he barks, you got to bark back. Yeah, you need to tell him, get out of my face, devil. I remember just the other day, <laughs> I was going through something emotional. Anybody in here went through anything the last week or so? And I was going through something. And the devil was saying, uh, you might as well give up on some things. Give up on heat. Give up on this and that. <laughs> give up on, and God said to me, don't you listen to that lie. Rebuke that spirit in the name of Jesus. And I turned and I said, devil, you a liar. You don't have nothing to do with me. My God is greater than you. My God inside of me, the spirit is greater than you. Get out of my face. I said, there's reasons that Peter betrayed or led to his betrayal. Pride. Y'all want to get this. I ain't going to fit. Pride, fatigue, fear of disapproval, and short-time pleasure. Y'all can preach that. I said there's some reasons that led to Peter's betrayal of Jesus. There's some reasons that if you and I fail and fall in our faith, 
Want me to give them to you again? Pride. Fatigue. Fear of disapproval. Short time pleasure. See, pride will make you think more of yourself than you ought to. Fatigue will set in. Sometimes you need to take yourself and lay down and go to sleep. Get some rest. Am I right about it? Fear of disapproval. Stop trying to please everybody. Stop trying to please this one and that one. The only one you need to please is the Lord. And when a man pleases the Lord, he'll make even his enemies be at peace with him. Then there's short-term pleasure. The Bible says, and I ain't got time to unpack it, Peter went and sat at the fire, warming his hands with the enemy. Short-term pleasure. Because it was a little chilly. But when they confronted him, I'm paraphrasing. I think I know you. You What you with Jesus? Oh, I don't know him. Short-term pleasure will put you in the wrong company. And you out there warming your hands at the club, in the bar. You know where you was walking. In that house that you know they don't do no good. You in there trying to uh, talk to them. No, you can't go in there. No, no. And then you're going to want, I thought you went to church. I thought you were saved. I thought you, and you're going to deny the Lord. Stop doing that kind of thing. But I'm so glad to announce failure is not final. Am I right about it? Because the Lord says, I'll pick you up, turn you around, place your faith on solid ground. It's in Jesus. Our victory is in Jesus. All you do is call on the Lord. Call on his name. Lord, I need you. Lord, I need you. Save me from me. Say yeah. Say yeah. Say yeah. Ow! Failure is not final. As we rest on our feet, those who can. Those out there, rest on your feet. Listen to what God is saying. Yeah, you messed up. Might have messed up this morning. But God says you can recover. If you confess. I heard Stanley talking about confession of sin is not some just band-aid thing. It's saying, God, I agree with everything you say. And I'm going to follow through and make a difference. I'm going to change. Amen, somebody. The process of steps for recovery. Those that are out there. Because it's a step. Because somebody said, Pastor, don't leave me. Hang on. I'm not going to leave you. How do I recover? What's the step? I'm giving it to you right now. Y'all can look at this uh, YouTube or Facebook and get these steps. First of all, don't blame other people for your mess ups. Hello, somebody. Y'all want to get that. Stop blaming everybody else for what you're responsible for. Don't take up the blame game. Admit and accept responsibility for what you did. No, my wife didn't make me do it. My, my husband didn't make me cuss and, and fuss and, and, and go out and do No, no, no. I did that. Not only that, practice humility. The Lord loves a humble man or woman. Amen, somebody. Remember the psalmist in Psalm 51 says, Have mercy on me, O God. Because of your unfailing love, because of your great compassion, Blot out 
the stain of my sins. Wash me. Somebody needs a spiritual bath. Wash me. Cleanse me from my guilt. Purify me from my sins. Not only don't blame other people, practice humility, but accept God's grace and forgiveness. If God has forgiven you, why are you walking around on a guilt trip? Don't let the devil keep telling you that you're guilty when God says, I've forgiven you. There's no condemnation no longer. If you've confessed it, if you've confessed it, you've repented, God says, I'm done. I won't hold it against you. And if you keep having thoughts of that, that's the devil. He's a liar. You got to put that off. You got to make sure you know what you know what you know. Jesus paid the price for your sins and mine. Remember the price has already been paid. Is that all right, somebody? Remember Jesus paid the price. He did what needed to be due. You and I are no longer guilty. In Christ, we're free. Anybody in here free? In Christ, I don't care what your thing was. In Christ, we're free. I'm free. Somebody say, I'm free in Jesus. Failure's not fine. Somebody here. I know the blood. The Bible says all of us have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. You want to go to heaven? You go through Jesus. Is there anybody in here or out there that's not saved? Slip up your hand. If you're not saved, you say, I want to get saved. All you got to do is acknowledge that you're a sinner and accept Jesus Christ as your Savior because he paid the penalty. Out there, don't let nobody, no, 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 no. Tell them, leave me alone. I need to get it right. And if you've acknowledged that you're a sinner, if you've asked the Lord Jesus to forgive you and accepted him as your Savior, you're saved today. Second call. You're already saved, but maybe, maybe, maybe you're backslider. God wants to restore you back to the joy of your fellowship with him. You haven't been going to church. You haven't been doing. God says you need forsake not the assembly of the brethren. You need to be around other men and women that are struggling just like you, but you have a commonality of faith in multitude of other people. Third and last call. You already saved. You accepted Christ. You're restored. You're coming back. You ask God to restore you, but maybe you don't have a church home. The doors of ABC is open to you right now. Now, if you're looking for a perfect church, don't join this church. But then again, there's no perfect church on this side of heaven. But we're a church that's striving and we want to serve the Lord and we're doing what we The word is being preached and taught here. The doors of ABC is open. You can accept and become a member right now. There's things on your screen that you can contact and say, listen, I want to join ABC. I want to be a part of that ministry. You can do that now. Father, we thank you. Yeah, keep on, Tamika. We thank you, Lord, for the souls. We thank you, God, for the confession. We thank you, God, for the hope. We thank you, God, for forgiveness. We thank you, God, for encouragement. Failure's not final. We say yes to your will. 
yes to your word and yes to your way and all of god's people come on sing that one more time it reaches come on, worship him Thank you. Praise God. Give God some glory, praise, and honor. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Keep on walking. Keep on fellowshipping. Keep on serving the Lord. God is with you. He'll never leave nor forsake you. And all of God's people said amen, amen, and amen. Thank you for our musicians. Thank you for everybody that's here. To God be the glory. God bless you. See you later. Keep on praying.